did not do, I did not mess with the inner child. Okay, so let's just pause right here for a second. I was not messing with the inner child. I was repulsed by the inner child. And I want you to understand for those of you that feel like the inner child, if you were like me, that feels like this is a bunch of super soft shit. Okay. That's how I felt. That's really how I felt when I was really, when I, when I first heard of it, cause I heard of it and I just did not want to engage in it. And I truly believe that that has a lot to do with my, had a lot to do with my insecure attachment. I think that was my avoidant side that did not want to give myself, that didn't allow myself the permission to experience that part of me. That's really how I see it. So when I was going through that, so I did not I did not want to mess with it. I think that it was just this part of me that I was un- really, I, I, I could do it in adult to adult. Like, what does an adult do, okay, like it, with for these problems? Um, but I did not want to address this inner child thing. I was Hey, y'all. <laughs> my name is Taylor Chandler. I'm laughing because I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Uh, my name is Taylor Chandler. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I help people break negative relationship cycles. Y'all, um, this episode is insecure attachment and the inner child. This is, I think, the most dynamic episode I've ever done. Okay, we're talking about a lot. This was a fairly recent revelation of my own that really bust the doors of secure attachment wide open. I truly believe this was the final resolve for me. There's not necessarily an order to what pieces need to be resolved first or last in someone's shift from insecure attachment to secure attachment. But for me, this came last. And I think that's a big reason why I'm so charged in this episode. You'll see. We hit a lot of supercharged emotions um yeah i'm excited for you to hear it i'm excited for you to hear it i recorded this live on instagram on february 15th 2022 all right i'm gonna try to like um get these podcast episodes down on the time a little bit usually they're like an hour i'm gonna see if we can do 35 minutes i'm gonna say i was gonna say 30 i'm gonna say 30 see see i'm already getting caught up 35 minutes can we do that with the inner child stuff. Hey, y'all. Hey. So what we're going to talk about is what is the inner child? Okay. What's the inner child? What does it have to do with attachment and shifting from insecure attachment to secure attachment? Um, what does it have to do with it? And then how can you start to do something with it? And then what do I have for you to where, where you can start doing that? So I have something coming up for you um, in a couple of weeks where you can actually start to do this from the comfort of your own home on Zoom. Okay. Are we ready? Let's do it. So first, the inner child is deeply, I'm looking at my notes down here. So I'm looking down and looking at my notes. I like to have notes for you. The inner child is deeply connected to attachment work, okay? Deeply connected to attachment work. Attachment issues are things like, if you've never heard me before, okay, talk about attachment styles, you know, I got to give you like a little quick, just a little quick overview this isn't even an overview. This is just a glimpse. Okay. Just real quick before we get into the specifics of the inner child, but attachment issues, when I'm saying that in this context, I'm talking about anxiety. I'm talking about avoidance or vacillating between the two anxiety on one side, anxious, preoccupied avoidance on the other dismissive avoidance. Okay. And these are dysfunctional ways of attaching. They are ways of attaching. They're just not good ways of attaching anxiety, avoidance, or vacillating between the two. Those are the attachment issues that I'm talking about. And so we're going to talk about why the inner, why, how getting into your inner child helps to heal these attachment issues. 
Um, I'm really not going to be now. I'm going to answer this question, but I got a lot to do. So I can't really be on the comments answering the questions. But you, um, I'm going to answer this one. Will you have a group on this other than the workshop on March 5th? Well, probably. Probably. And this is like my whole job. OK, so I mean, probably, the chances are right. But the next opportunity is on March 5th. OK, these are this is anxiety and vo avoidance are vacillating between the two. Those are attachment issues. These are inappropriate, inappropriate. Yes. Inappropriate slash dysfunctional responses. OK, to a situation, whatever the situation might be, the situation might be negative. The situation might be positive. The situation might even be neutral. Let me give you some examples. Let me give you some examples. Okay, what I'm so what, so what I just said before we get into the examples is that um, we can have an inappropriate response to a situation, and that inappropriate response in attachment world might be anxiety or avoidance, or you might be vacillating between the two because that's possible. Did y'all see the reel the other day about attachment being on a spectrum? If not, then please go back and look at it. It's just sixty seconds. You'll get it. Okay. So what, what could be an inappropriate response to a negative event, like breaking, like a breakup or cheating? How about that? Okay. Common, common situations where someone would have a negative response that most people could understand. Okay. And that's the key. Most people could understand it. So it, so it seems logical, right? It seems justified. But what is, what, but the issue is that in, when we have an attachment issue, an anxiety or avoidance, we respond to these things in extreme or inappropriate ways. We, we respond to these things in extreme or inappropriate ways. So it's not to say that a breakup or cheating isn't bad or whatever. The point is that we're not putting a value on it because we're talking about ourselves, not an external event. Remember this, okay? This is so important. It comes up all the time. We are not worried about what the actual event was or what the other person was doing. I'm concerned in this atta in attachment world, I'm concerned with my response to whatever that thing is. So this is not me justifying um, uh, any breakup or any cheating, whatever. I mean, it's we're not, we're not judging that right now. We're talking about my, our responses to it. So what might be an inappropriate extreme response to breaking up or cheating? How about lurking in the shadows for six months on their social media? How about uh, hitting them up on Valentine's Day, even though y'all have been broken up or, you know, you're going on 90 days and there's no need to try to rekindle the flame? Okay, um, it's sort of like it's sort of like ruminating over a relationship that's already over. Okay. It can, it's sort of like being kind of compulsive about keeping up with them or feeling um, still triggered by that person and actually indulging that trigger, actually reacting to giving into that trigger. So it's not to say that you shouldn't have negative feel or that you wouldn't have not should, but wouldn't have negative feelings about something like a breakup or cheating. The issue is, are you aware of how you're responding? The question is, are you aware of how you're responding? And is that coming from my core self, my core self, or is that coming from, is that a response, a trauma response that might look like, again, let's keep connecting it all together, that might look like excessive anxiety or even excessive avoidance. What might avoidance look like in a breakup or cheating? It might look like shutting down from the feelings altogether. It might look like acting unbothered when really you are super bothered, but an avoidant type is much more likely than an anxious type to say that they are at peace when really they are super stressed, but they might not have the communication skills to actually, I, 
to actually describe it to someone. They might not have the vulnerability skills. Yes, a skill because you can practice vulnerability, okay? They might not have that skill developed, so they might have the language in mind, but don't feel, um, don't feel skilled enough in being vulnerable, safe enough being vulnerable with maybe you or whoever else, so they might not share it, even if they know it up here. Avoidant types tend to be very in their head and not very verbal, okay? Especially at first. Are we good so far? Okay. But uh, anxious response to it, a lot, many people are much more likely to be able to identify an anxious response to, uh, to a negative event like breakup or cheating, like the rumination, like the pulling up, like the lurking in the shadows for however long you do. The um, situation might be positive. Yes, you can respond in an inappropriate or extreme way to positive events too. And I think it's important that I give you some examples. How about like a good date or good sex or a good conversation? What might be an inappropriate or extreme response to, to a positive situation? It can look like premature attachment. Let me, yeah, let me just go ahead and nutshell the whole thing. It might look like Genevieve said, give it to us. I like your style. Okay, so it might look like premature attachment. Okay, yeah, we're going to talk about the inner child in a minute, guys. But, but first, we have to talk about this. Premature attachment. That is an inappropriate or extreme response, an example of one, to a positive event. So it's not just negative events where we're able to see our dysfunction, but we can actually experience our dysfunction in positive events as well. It could be any situation because it's the way you relate. It does not require it to be negative or positive. It can be anything because it is in you. Okay. It is in you. So you are liable to behave this way or think this way anywhere at any time. It's just more likely to happen in emotionally charged moments rather than a neutral moment, like receiving a text message. Yes, you can still respond. I talk about the good morning text often. You can still respond in an extreme or inappropriate way, a dysfunctional way, an insecurely attached way to a neutral event. Because again, right, it doesn't matter what the thing is because it is in use. Are we good so far? So you might respond uh, in an insecurely attached way to any type of event, it's just more likely to happen when something is positive or negative, when it's an emotionally charged event, is when we see the expression of our dysfunctional attachment, okay? But it exists always. It's just not until it is boop, triggered that we actually see it, which is why we associate it so often with something like good sex or good date, because that's an event that you can look to cheating, a breakup. That's an event that you can look to. And we associate things with that like event or that person when really that attachment issue was existing the whole time, but dormant. Ooh, that's a really, really good fact for you to know. It existed always. It existed always. It's just that in certain situations, in certain contexts, with certain variables present. Variables, is that the right word? Sure. Sure. I, I think there's a better word for that. But with certain things present, that it, it can trigger that attachment, but it existed the whole time. I have to repeat it four or five times because it was so good. Thank you, Sherelle. Sherelle said, this is good. I agree. Okay, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. We're covering a lot of ground in a little bit of time. So in essence, I'm saying this could be an inappropriate response to literally anything. Um, okay, reminder, because I highlighted this. So this is the disclaimer. This is not to minimize your experience, but to bring in 
oh my goodness, what a word, what a word, but to bring in a balance of reality and healthy functioning to the experience. You can be sad, you can be disappointed, you can be upset, you can be joyful, you can be excited, you can be heartbroken, you can have whatever kind of feelings you have. My point is not to extinguish any of the feelings. The point is to make you aware of of your feelings, be able to identify them appropriately, to be able to categorize them well. Okay. In other words, what's, what's a real feeling and what am I making up? Because sometimes that happens. And especially if you have insecure attachment issues, we definitely be making stuff up. Okay. So important just to let, okay, let it be true. It's true. Okay. It's true. It's true. It happens. Okay. Um, um, so it's not to extinguish your feelings, but to, to have you become aware of them and your ability to decide and behave in a healthier way. You can, and you do not have to extinguish the feelings. You do not have to excuse behavior that is inappropriate, wrong, or hurtful. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We are not excusing those things. But what we're doing is allowing for two things to be true. I can have a really negative experience and I can behave in a way that I'm proud of, that is healthy, and that is true to my core. Oh, this light looks good today, doesn't it? I was going to do a morning face mask. And honestly, y'all, my skin looks so good this morning when I woke up. When I woke up, my skin looks so good. I was going to do a morning face mask. And I said, Taylor, you don't even need it. <laughs> I said, you don't even need it. It's just already. It's just already. Already there. All right. <clears throat> Before I go on, I have another point that I highlighted. There's somebody that is going to catch this in the replay. Somebody's going to catch us in the replay or you're watching it now and you're saying, but Taylor, you don't know me, (laughs) but you don't know me, you know, but, 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 but you don't know how the cheating went down. Like I, you're trying to still justify your behavior. You're saying, but Taylor, the sex really was what it was. And it, it, I, I needed to get it. It makes sense that I was attached. So Taylor, Taylor, you don't know. Um, he's so charming. She is so pretty. Um, you don't know me. You don't understand. (laughs) I wish that was enough, this hand motion. I wish that was enough to just dismiss all of that. But I'll give you some words for it. Cut it out. Because what that is, I put a star next to this, the exception fallacy. (laughs) If the exception fallacy, if you weren't at the attachment workshop, you missed me talking about this. I talked about this a lot, okay? It kept coming up. The exception fallacy where uh, you think, and I I know, I I get it. (laughs) I get it. I was... I was up in the clouds too, where you think uh, your relationship is so different than all the other millions that, that these, that these uh, dynamics and patterns describe. You think, let me stop, let me stop with the tone. Let me stop with the tone because let me check myself. I started getting on a roll and sometimes, okay, now let me say this. I understand. Seriously, I understand. I've been there. Why we want to make us different and why we want our person to be different and why we think that this is going to end differently or that the in-between is going to be different than all the other in-betweens that these kinds of dynamics describe, okay? Um, And all the other endings and all the other beginnings. Look, if you've been listening to this stuff, reading this stuff, and at this point, if you're on the, if you're watching these kinds of lives and been on the page and stuff, you're, you've done some research. You have, you have, you have. And um, what's wild is that we can, 
we you can go on to the YouTubes and the Googles and my blog and the podcast and do all kinds of and you're like, wow, wow, wow. Yes, 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 yes. It's so textbook that when you listen to my podcast, you think I'm describing your literal life. And you know what? When we start talking about what you have when I start talking about what you have to do to do something different, that's when that other voice starts to creep in and says, but 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 what if I'm but but this might not be me, but what if it's not after you just took a whole bunch of, you You got a whole, uh, you've written a thesis. You've written a dissertation. Which one is it? The thesis, or is a thesis a state? I should know. I done forgot. This is bad. I'm going to have to edit this out of the podcast episode. But um, anyway, you know what I'm talking about? You've written a research paper. How about that? Okay, you get it? You've written a research paper about your whole relationship history and then when we start talking about solutions, that other voice is called self-sabotage. Let me let me stop beating around the bush. It's called self-sabotage. When you are you're right on the you, you I'm about to flip this page and start talking about the rest of this stuff. And this is where that voice starts to creep in and and it starts you start to try to make yourself an outlier when you fit right into the formula. And I'm not going to keep going down this road, but I am just saying that for someone who is who, whose mind is doing that right now. And I want you to stay present, okay? I want you to just, just for the next 20 minutes, imagine that you are like everybody else in the best way, which means that the solutions would work for you too, right? Imagine that you are like everybody else and that this does apply to you. Just imagine it for the next 20 minutes and see what happens. Please stop trying to make yourself an exception to the rule that fits your entire life. All right, we got that. All right, so what does the inner child have to do with all of this? Okay, uh, how about that? The inner child, one way to think about it is that the inner child is the one reacting, the part of you reacting. So if there's a little Taylor, okay, little, little Taylor, cute, right? Little Taylor that reacts in, in like extreme or inappropriate ways as children do, right? As children do. But this little part of me that it has grown into an adult body, but still has emotionally immature, unhealthy ways of responding to situations. Okay. So the inner, you think you can, you can think about the inner child as the one reacting in that inappropriate or dysfunctional way. All right. Um, thank you, Melissa. So it might be in like, again, remember at the beginning of this 15 minutes ago, we were talking about the, the dysfunctional way, the unhealthy way in attachment world is anxiety or avoidance or vacillation between the two. So you can think about the inner child as the one who is doing that reaction. Does that make sense for you? Understand that this is one way of, of helping to support your journey to secure attachment. And I'm going to be honest with you. I when I, would, when I was doing this myself, taking myself and going into, kicking myself through the work and going into, going to therapy, a lot of therapy, reading a lot, listening to a lot. I did not do, I did not mess with the inner child. Okay. So let's just pause right here for a second. I was not messing with the inner child. I was repulsed by the inner child. And I want you to understand for those of you that feel like the inner child, if you were like me, that feels like this is a bunch of super soft shit. Okay. That's how I felt. That's really how I felt when I was really, when I, when I first heard of it, cause I heard of it and I just did not want to engage in it. And I truly believe that that has a lot to do with my, had a lot to do with my insecure attachment. 
I think that was my avoidant side that did not want to give myself, that didn't allow myself the permission to experience that part of me. That's really how I see it. So when I was going through that stuff, I did not, I did not want to mess with it. I think that it was just this part of me that I was un- really, I, I, I could do it in adult to adult. Like, what does an adult do? <laughs> okay, like it, with for these problems, um, but I did not want to address this inner child thing. I was really adverse to it. I went around it. I felt it was like too soft, too sensitive. I avoided it. Um, I was avoiding emotions, avoiding, uh, yeah, avoiding, avoiding, avoiding it. I wanted practicality. And there is a group of potential clients and clients that I, that I have now, okay? There is a group of y'all that, um, that comes onto the call and you're like, I just want to know what to do. I want to know what to do. And a lot of times people are drawn to me because you think that when you get on the phone with me that I'm just going to be like, boom, 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 like, that's actually not how it goes. Understand, y'all, when I'm, when I'm doing these podcasts by myself, this is a one-way channel of communication. This is not how dialogue works. And so when I'm doing, like, when I'm doing, giving out information like this or on the reels, it is incredibly direct. It is like laser on the bulls, like, okay? That's not how healthy dialogue works. I, when, when, when it's almost, um, and I'm going to say this, I have never said this on, I've never actually said this um, out loud, I think. That's why I'm feeling my, my throat chakra is like, Taylor, you really want to do this. And I'm going to say it. It's disturbing. I'm going to say it's disturbing because I believe it is. I think it's kind of disturbing that um, those of us, and I have been in this state, again, I'm going to remind you all the time, and I, I get it. It's also not healthy. Those of us that, that where we have um, pushed away care and nurture, and we have pushed away soft, and we've pushed away love, and you've pushed away safe people, understanding that that is so largely a byproduct of your past experiences. Okay, but the point is that that can be your present experience, the pushing away, all right? And it can get to the point where you actually believe that you were, I'll say that you don't identify with that part of you that you push away in others. You actually believe that it's not for you, those aren't your kinds of people because we reject that part in ourselves, okay? Bring this right back to four minutes ago, and I said why I avoided the inner child stuff myself. Eventually, you so you get so used to being in one state that you start to believe that that's your re, that that's the reality you're meant for. So then you start to actually push away things that are good for you, and then you collect the things that are bad to reinforce that same negative storyline that you are trying so hard trying so hard, put in air quotes, to escape from. This is the self-fulfilling prophecy, different conversation, okay? But the disturbing part is, is that those of us, those of you that do that pushing away, you're usually super high functioning, often come onto these calls or you're listening with an ear for like bullets, 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 bullets. You're like, just tell me what to do. And I find it disturbing because it's actually the exact opposite that that type needs the most, at first, okay? Does everybody need the practical steps to go forward? Absolutely. And I think that, that one of the, not I think, I know that this is one of the reasons why people love working with me because you know you're going to get that. But also, but understand that a big part of healing this insecure attachment for so many people is because of the absence of the opposite of the practicality part, which is the being part, allowing you to just be without having to do 
And a lot of times people don't believe me, which is why I'm so excited for um, Anastasia to share on the podcast in a couple of weeks, because it's going to make a lot more sense when she tells you about her experience. Um, there's one thing when I say it, it's different when you hear a client say it, okay? But to understand that you can believe that you need the bullets and the practicality, but trust and believe that if you have had a lack of that nurture and that safe place and that feeling of like protection and just being able to to just relax and not have it all together that 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 when i when i tell you to stop the stop trying to get me to like push you off the ledge into the secure pool okay that you're like taylor just push me i'm ready you're like close, close my eyes i'm ready I'm ready, Taylor. Just push me. Just push me. And I'm like, you've been pushed all your life. Don't ask me to be another another uh, part of the of this of this crazy cycle that you're coming out of. I'm not gonna push you off of the ledge. I need you. Oh gosh, we're gonna have a. This is this is like what what it really feels like, especially with me. I'm not gonna push you off of the ledge because I need you to see that you can decide when you step forward and when you step back. That's that's ultimately what I'm saying. I don't want to get too deep into it because I feel like I'm about to really really. Um, understand. Um, I I went around the inner child stuff. I wanted the practicality piece when I brought in the inner child. Okay, so without I'm not, I'm not going to go too deep down the road that I was just on. I'm going to come back onto the main road for a bit because I want you to understand this. When I did decide to bring in the inner child, I was already in practice. This practice, I was already in this practice when I decided. I. Real talk, Tina. I appreciate you saying that I could that I could that I can go deep today. I just literally don't have the time. I just don't have the actual physical time. Physical time? I don't have the time to do it today. I can't. I brought in the inner child into my personal work after I began this practice. When that inner child came up, when I finally, this is the truth. It wasn't that I it was bottom line is I became secure enough in myself to approach my inner child. Let's just get to it. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, thank you, Nancy, for acknowledging my time boundaries. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, Real talk, Tina, look into the counselor compact. Have you heard of it? The counselor compact is a 10-state agreement where you can work in different states. So look into that. See what's going on. Um, all right. And then DM me if you need something about that, okay? Because that's important. I brought when I brought in the inner child stuff, um, I was secure enough to finally confront the things. I was like, I am an emotional ninja. In other words, I got to a point where I felt secure enough in myself to know and, and confident enough in the way that I manage things and the way that I manage myself primarily that um, I knew it was a, it's an inner knowing. And that's why these podcasts only take you so far because you have to come to a place of an internal knowing rather than someone just telling you what it is. When I got to the inner knowing of, I can handle whatever this, whatever baby Taylor has for me. And not in like a taunting way, like come at me, baby Taylor. Like that's not what it is. Okay. It's, it's, it's really like, actually, you know, whatever, uh, whatever comes up, Whatever comes up, I could do this. However sad she is, I can do that. However angry she might be at whoever, for whatever, I can manage that as adult Taylor down. So we often avoid this kind of work, whether it's inner child or attachment stuff in general, because we really fear that we're not competent, capable enough. We've never seen ourselves 
handle ourselves that way. We've never seen ourselves be this confident, be this secure, be this emotionally flexible. And so the, the idea of approaching those things can be really scary, I understand. And that's why I really believe like it took me quite a while to get to a place and build a lot of other um, internal structures within myself to get to a place where I could approach this inner child work in a whole way. Inner child is similar to so many other things on the internet where a lot of people think that they're doing it because, oh gosh, I feel myself going on. I know I'm about to, y'all know how I get about when I talk about these therapists and talk about this um, internet, internet therapy. Let me choose my words. Y'all, I'm trying to protect my uh, professional brand. I can't be out here just saying whatever. (laughs) Be careful sometimes. (sighs) Keep it simple. Uh, Just because, I'll keep it simple. Just because you understand, you know, you've heard of inner child, just like how just, just because you've heard of attachment styles, the, the knowing, the conceptual knowledge is very different from the emotional processing. Those are two different things. The conceptual knowledge is really important. Okay, the, the conceptual, conceptual knowledge is really important, but the emotional processing is where the transformation happens, okay? So when I started to actually internalize this inner child and start to really understand, like, what is she? Who is she? What does she want? Oh, my God. My practice was good before. My practice was great before. When this came upon me, came upon me and through me. I think it was a simultaneous process like this. It like, I can't see, I can't, I can't hardly explain it. It it gave me like my perspective was already so wide and deep. Understanding the inner child. So first for myself gave my, gave me a deeper and wider understanding of me. And the more aware you are of self and how you relate to other and where you came from, Okay, emotionally, um, the more you understand others. So when you when you can relate to yourself better, you naturally develop higher compassion and empathy for others. So that means that my job, which because those two things are very important in my job, right? My job got even easier for me and it got better for me because I related to myself better, understood myself better because I brought in this inner child piece. I finally, I finally, and I can't just say brought it in. I have to, I have to continue to acknowledge that I became less scared of it, less scared of it, less scared of it. So it's like being brought in, but then also stepping forward. Again, I guess it's that process of like coming in and then also coming out of yourself. Don't let me get existential this morning. I said I don't have enough time. Okay, so here we here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um last thing about the about uh the people who like the practicality piece who are like obsessed with the steps and the bullets and you want to just go 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 and what to do do do. Um you often have a lot of reasons. I want you to. I want you to know this before you before you start working with me, please. Um, you often you often are the ones that are super resistant. Okay, you're highly functional. It's hard for you to believe that there is this inner child uh, mental conception that is living in you, as it does in everyone. Uh, but it's hard for you to even believe it because you're so able to function. And I I get it. Um, but trust that when you finally put your defenses down and and understand that that's really about fear and not about superiority 
like you want it to be. It's really about fear and not about, well, I don't need to do that. Was my that was honestly like kind of my mindset. Like I would present that way. Like, well, some it's inner child is for some people, but I didn't feel like I was the type. Honestly, honestly, that was oh my gosh, how ignorant. I'm I'm saying this. I'm like, wow, I'm so ignorant. But I can see it in my clients now, and it is ignorant. Where it's like, where, where that's for some people, like like more maybe I was thinking like more like. Um, I don't know, creative types, like more like people who are like, uh, maybe have like more abstract jobs. I'm like, okay, because I think it was just too abstract, too emotional for me at the time to confront. I didn't know that part of me. I wasn't comfortable with that part of me because that part of me still expressed in an unhealthy way. So it was definitely a part of me, but I didn't know that part of me. I couldn't manage that part of me well. So I avoided her. Okay, so a lot of people, I got a lot of people like that. I get a lot of people like that that are resistant because you're highly functional. I'm going to stop talking about y'all, though. All right, the inner child. Let's go back to how the, how the inner, what this has to do with attachment. The inner child is, if, if the inner child is the one reacting, let's talk about it in, from that frame, okay? From that frame. If the inner child is the one reacting, why is that? Think about it like this. The inner child, baby you, that sits inside of you as a mental concept, okay? It sounds weird, but uh, it's crazy. It's true. Um, that, it, that little baby you is the one, the part of you that experienced the initial wound. In adult life, we have, in adult life, we have, this is just so good. In a, your inner child is the one that experienced the initial wound. In adult life, we only experience emotional recreations of the initial wound when we're talking about our insecure attachment expression. My anxiety or my avoidance comes out of me, is triggered from me because that initial, the, 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 the trigger was installed in childhood. The trigger button the trigger button, the hot button was installed in childhood, z- 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 right in the subconscious mind, z- 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 based off of a real experience that you had. Z- 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 so it feels really logical and justified when we start to respond as if that situation is happening again when it's really not. There might be certain components of it that are happening again. There might very well be. Oh, gosh, I'm about to go down a whole different thing. But we are initially triggered not because, remember, take that external event or what someone else is doing out of it. That initial response from the trigger is because we are having an emotional recreation of the initial wound. The trigger was installed in childhood. The trigger button is pressed in adulthood. No one cares? <laughs> Hello? I'm like, talk back to me. The trigger was installed in childhood. The trigger button is pressed in adulthood. When the trigger button is pressed, we react with that same energy from that unre- those unresolved wounds, those unresolved incidents, trying to solve that emotional problem in the present moment, which is why you keep getting with people who allow you to experience that same feeling from the past, you're just kind of trying to solve it, trying to solve it again, trying to solve it again. But it's not solvable because you choose the same type of people, so you get the same result. This is the insanity of insecure attachment. 
Hey y'all, uh, I hope things are going well. Let's take a little bit of a breather because it is about to get spicy. <laughs> it is about to get spicy <coughs> in just a couple of minutes. Um, so, just get, get your water. If you've been listening for the last half hour, you've been giving me nods and claps and woos. Like, woo! <laughs> Well, please consider wooing yourself over to the Cash App Offering Bucket. Yes, indeedy. It's that time again (laughs) where we we are passing around the uh, Cash App Offering Bucket. It is dollar sign, T-A-Y-C-H-A-N-D, and and it is in the show notes below. Um, Yeah, all right. If you feel so compelled to give, I certainly appreciate it and your support and your show of how you value the work. Seriously, thank you. Let's get back to it. I could do eight hours straight on this. I have to say this last thing about this, okay? We're not almost, we're not done done, but I'm going to say this last thing about this part. In adult life, we're experiencing the emotional recreation. In the child life, I need you to know this about your inner child. In child life, see me getting excited. If the child was the one that experienced the initial wound, imagine, before you try to process it, I need you to know this. Imagine a child, baby you, baby anybody, because you probably don't have enough compassion for baby you, so you might need to think about your own child. You might need to think about your niece or nephew. You might need to think about a baby that you love, okay? Because sometimes when we start doing this work, we don't even have enough compassion for the little version of ourselves. You don't even relate the little version of yourself to, like, other little babies. Like, you, you, about, you put your adult self on your child, your inner child, as if, listen to this. If the, in child life, they, that child, you're, you, baby you, experience the initial wound without any of the resources that you have as an adult, without any of the defenses that you have as an adult, you didn't have, you didn't have life experience, you didn't have relationship experience, you didn't have the ability to communicate, your brain wasn't even ready. You, you, didn't, have, you didn't have resilience built up. So imagine that. Imagine, look at how you react as an adult to the trigger. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. How much time do I have? Look at how you look at how you respond as an adult to the trigger. Inappropriate, dysfunctional, extreme. And you got resources. You got you got uh, I don't know, some kind of education, even if it's life education. You got experience, you got books, you can read, you can write. Seriously, seriously, you can communicate, you can pay for therapy. And you're still acting like this, right? We're still acting like that. So have some compassion. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm really I'm really hype right now. I feel really hype. I intentionally did not drink a second cup of coffee this morning. I intentionally didn't because I was like, I'm too hype already. But Lord knows, this is so important. It, imagine how you'd act now with all the stuff that you got now. And your and your baby, you baby Taylor, didn't have any of that. No, nothing. No support system. You're a child. Your support system is the parent who likely is the one co-creating this problem <laughs> or rather creating it because a child, it's not co-created. As adults, we, it's co-creating uh, drama. Children, it's not co-creation. So I need to make sure I correct that. Okay. 
make sure I correct that. Y'all got me? So I just, I'm saying that I'm, I'm, I'm harping on that point right now because I need you to first, before you try to process this stuff, before you try to do something, look. Hey, okay, real quick. I had to write a little note for you for this because um, of what's about to happen. Um, right here on Instagram Live, there was a comment asking, how do I do it? And it definitely triggered me. <laughs> so listening to this playback was really interesting um, because I, I recognized listening to it that I had become triggered in that moment. And I knew I was frustrated, <clears throat> which I think I already mentioned in this episode. And I think it's going to be mentioned again. Um, hearing it back, I think that this I think because this issue for me was fairly recent so I had become aware this was a problem and seeing myself be unaware of myself and responding poorly to the problem is frustrating and sad and um, so I de- my clients reflect that kind of thing to me often like um, and so it's a common experience right where becoming aware of the issue there can be these moments of sadness and like disappointment disappointment in ourselves and so yeah I have that as well um, and because this issue is recent I think that's re- really became relevant in this moment okay so I think that as I continue to work with that part of me and it's going to come out much less supercharged uh, like how I present all the other things for the most part I'd say uh, so anyway, well, you are about to see what happens next, and this is quite a vulnerable little moment for me. So, um, yeah, well, here we go. Seriously, I start getting frustrated. I start getting frustrated because people keep people will listen to this and just say, how, how, how? And I'm trying to tell you, that's your problem. I don't mean to yell at you. <laughs> Came out like that, but I'm serious. The message is the same. That's the problem is that you don't just, you're not even just getting to know you as the angry little baby you are. As the anxious little baby you are. That's why you're so stressed right now trying to figure it out. You just, you, you don't even give yourself, we'll talk about it in a second. Talk about it in a second. What I'm trying to get you to do, because this is exactly my point, in, in, in highlighting how little the child has to work with, how little the child has to work with, how you as an adult, experience a not even the real thing oh god i'm going on a sermon this is sermon where's the i'm going to church stomp as an adult you're not even experiencing the real thing anymore you're experiencing recreations you're they're hitting the hot button and we're going back in time and you're still doing it wrong so imagine as a child how little you have experiencing the real thing that's a lot it's a lot what i'm trying to get you to do is to have some compassion jesus Seriously, I start getting frustrated because I feel like at some point, not even at some point, oftentimes, let me give you a little insight into what it's like being in this chair, okay, as I'm, as I'm talking to y'all. I get frustrated because I end up, and it makes a lot of sense, I end up standing up for your inner child more than you. And by the time you're done, you are going to do it more than me, which is the point, okay? But at the beginning, I have to, I have to, it's like, imagine you're a little baby and you sitting across yelling at this baby like, fix yourself, fix yourself. How do we fix her? And I got to be the one that's like, back the fuck off. Back the fuck off. I say it differently in session. Like I said, this is a one-way channel of communication. Dialogue is very different. I'm very aware of the different variables uh, in therapy. <laughs> But the sentiment is the same, trust and believe it. Because you have been bullying this baby, your little baby. It's you. 
you've been doing this and somebody and now I am your I am your stand in parent because your parent didn't do it. This is a, I didn't even plan on. What are these notes anymore? Your parent didn't do it. The stand-in parents got to come in, which is ideally, and seriously, there is a a therapeutic function of that where the parents now got to step in and say, you don't get to do that to her. And I'm talking about, it's you. You don't get to talk to her like that. You don't get to push her around because she hasn't had time to breathe. She hasn't had time to cry. She hasn't had time to think. And now your highly functional anxious ass is over here talking about go, 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 do, do, do. She's stressed. The baby's stressed because of your ass, your adult anxious ass. Okay. Seriously. I say this. I say this because I love you. I say this. I say this because I love you. And this is the kind of love that we really wanted from a parent. This is the kind of, this is the kind of advocacy, advocacy you really wanted from a parent. And so We'll talk about this in a second. All right, so here we go. Uh, rather than trying to push this inner child around, the goal, when you think, you, you believe that the resolve is doing more. I know that the resolve is doing less. This baby of yours needs some care, some validation that the feelings that she has, that he has, are just fine because they make a lot of sense. If mom and dad or and or... Um, and who, or whoever was standing in, if they weren't doing whatever, and I, I can't even get into the specifics, if they weren't doing whatever, if the parent wasn't doing something that she needed, it makes a lot of sense that someone would be sad, that someone would be disappointed, that someone would be angry about that. And I need you, part, the, part of the resolve of this thing is allowing yourself to actually experience those feelings without trying to extinguish them, without invalidating them. Oh, You've been complaining. Uh-oh. Who is this? <laughs> Who is this? You've been complaining about people not validating you. This is why you're paying me because your husband won't validate you. And I end up talking about how you won't validate you. And that's why you got with your husband who won't validate you because you never required it. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Lord, the Lord is here in this house today. nurture comfort care validation assurance okay what does that sound like sounds like secure attachment right the real resolve is not more doing doing telling telling bullying bullying more anxiety more worrying the real resolve with this inner child stuff i don't care if you're anxious or avoidant it's all the same i don't care if you're male or female or if you're a mix or I don't care about your sexual orientation. I don't care about how you identify your gender identification. I don't care where you are on the map of the world. I don't care what you're going to be next year. It's, this is a human issue. This is a human issue. It doesn't matter. Anxious, avoidant. That's just for language. That's just so you can identify yourself. That's just so that you can, when I, when my, when I put my book out, you can turn to your chapter and get the language that you need. But it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. Nurture, comfort, care, validation, assurance. You know who that works for? Every damn body. Every damn body, okay? Every, what does that sound like? Secure attachment. And imagine that. We imagine if I just had that, I would have been securely attached. And this is exact. If I just had that in childhood, I would have been securely attached. And this is exactly why you got to go back to that child and you got to give it to him, 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 him. That's how much I don't care what gender, Hiram, you got to go back there and give that person, that little thing, what that little thing needed, okay? And for everybody, it's the 
same stuff. You don't need more dang uh, books. Can't you see that this is what you've been fighting for? Where you, you're expressing anxious, you're expressing avoidant. Can't you see that regardless, this is what you're fighting for? Nurture, care, comfort, validation, assurance, to be seen. But doing it dysfunctionally, doing it to an extreme, extremely avoidant, extremely anxious, I don't care what you are, without appropriate language, reactive, not being decisive, <laughs> all right well let's get to this last half page here all right healing these issues what do you have to do well you got to identify what the initial issues are right we talked about the initial wound you need you to identify those things you need you to identify what that child needs okay <clears throat> i need you to give it to him give it to him um, and you got to reparent. Okay. You got to reparent yourself. This is what they're talking about. Everyone's like, well, how do I reparent? Well, you got to, somebody said to somebody who asked how earlier they said, go to therapy. I agree. Go to therapy. But part of that reparenting is about being assertive, uh-oh, about being assertive with your, with your child self. See, because eventually, you know how I said, like when I, I finally got uh, secure enough, confident enough within myself to be able to actually manage this little Taylor. Okay. Um, in order a byproduct of that is being able to be assertive with her where, okay, um, I, I can allow inner child. And when I was first, like when I, like the those initial like interactions, okay. Um, you can, you can allow this inner child to be however Hiram, he or she, or they are. Okay. Allow this thing to be how this thing want to be. But then, but then, but then, this is the reparenting piece, okay? Where you can be assertive with her or him, okay? Where you can say, I, where, where there, is a, there is an allowing of the experience, and then there's boundaries about how you can behave. There's boundaries around how you can express. There's boundaries. There's principles now, secure principles about how we relate. You can have, and this, this is now we come into adult. This is the reparenting. This is we come into adult self, okay, where we say, I have had these experiences, and I can't change the past. They happen, and the feelings are real, and they're valid. But what I cannot allow myself to do is drown in them, to identify so much with them that I cannot see myself apart from the trauma, okay? Our child self does that. Our adult self's responsibility is now to set some boundaries around that inner child and to have care when you do it. This is boundaries and grace, you see, this is that where you can have grace for the experience, but you can have boundaries around the experience. That is healthy parenting. That is healthy relating. That's healthy friending. Okay. That's healthy relating. That's healthy romantic relating. That's healthy platonic friendly relating. That's healthy parenting where you can have boundaries and grace with yourself. That's a healthy relationship where I can have grace for mistakes that I make, but I answer to them. I'm accountable for them. I can forgive myself, and I don't excuse myself. Okay? See? You've boundaries and grace. That's a healthy relationship. You don't just let this child run amok. Okay? You don't just let, okay? That's us in our dysfunction. Unboundaried. Unboundaried. Non-boundaried. Reckless, careless, destructive, and that's what children do. It's to be expected. But as adults, you have a responsibility to behave appropriately to manage yourself. Okay, and in that, we have boundaries and grace. How do you do that? You have to go into work. There is no freaking way you can do this on a podcast, so cut it out. 
All right, these are concepts. You need to do the emotional processing. I said I wasn't going to go for an hour. You know how long it's been? 51 minutes. It was the churchness of the uh, whole centerpiece of this whole thing. Oh, my gosh. This got really, really, this got really, really uh, deep. Okay, but these are concepts. You got to do the emotional processing on your own. You need to get a professional to do it. Okay, um, even as a professional, I have a therapist. Okay, therapist. Should have therapists, okay? Um, so professionals are definitely not exempt. Please, please get a professional. You need, you're probably going to have to pay that person, by the way. Um, all right. What, what is the purpose? Validation. You need some validation. You need some. We need to. We need someone to be curious about us. We need a witness to our life. We need to. We need to be reflective. We need someone to be able to identify some of our blind spots and to be able to gently offer that to us. And sometimes not gently, because sometimes the reason why it's still in the blind spot is because people have been so damn gentle about about it because you're so triggered. Okay, and sometimes you just need somebody to be like, you know what, it is what it is. And you're going to have to feel how you feel about it. And we're going to have to we're going to have to allow that to exist. Sometimes that's how that's how some of these conversations that that I have go. It's not uncommon where it's like, yeah, you know, I know that this is I know you don't want to hear this. And yet I cannot. Is part of, this is part of the good therapeutic parenting. I know you don't want to hear this. Has your parents said this to you? Maybe they haven't, and maybe you need something like it. Um, this is, I know that this doesn't feel good. I would be doing you a disservice if I pretended like I didn't see what I saw and pretended like this was not the same as all of the other situations that have the same components, same variables, same traits. So it might not feel good when, when it's, said it might not feel good but trust is needed to where you don't feel like you want to do this you don't feel like you want to agree you don't feel like you want to see this part of you but you got to trust me just like we have to trust parent just like we have to trust healthy people in our lives trust that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real for you okay and so there's an aspect of trust that you have to have with that person that you're that you're trusting to take you along, help you along this journey. Okay. So sometimes the blind spot is delivered gently, and sometimes it's not, and and sometimes it's not because the reason why it's there is because we've been too been too eggshelly about it. Okay. At the same time, whether whether it's me or someone else, no one should be like disrespecting you okay there's a difference between be feeling triggered and being actually disrespected please don't let me go down that road today okay you can be triggered by things that are said it doesn't mean that you're being personally harmed it might feel that way and this can sound very gaslighty to people who are a bit on edge and i understand that i'm gonna say it anyway this is a part of that it's part of that thing boundaries it's part of that little balance okay i almost have to say it anyway because it's true just because something doesn't, it feels like you're getting defensive doesn't mean that the person is an actual threat or trying to harm you. There's a difference, okay? There's a difference. Um, you can come to the Healing Childhood Workshop on March 5th. Healing Childhood. Um, this is my third time doing the workshop. I'm adding the inner child component. It's two and a half hours. The last half hour is just for questions. It's free. It's unlimited capacity. The link is in my bio. It's on Saturday, March 5th. It starts at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time and ends at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, so yeah, that's it. So that's how you can kind of get started and get some more context for how you can uh, start working through this stuff. We do we do journaling in that in that workshop. It's it's different. It's definitely different than the attachment style workshop. It's a very different style. 
Okay, the attachment style, there's so much. I was like, boom, boom. Like, we have got to, I've got to get this information out. With the healing childhood, it's so emo, it's so emotional processing. We do a lot of journaling in that, um, in that one. So I, I think, I think it's really good. Okay, y'all. Well, I have to go. So you, y'all have a good day. Bye. Welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. If you got something out of this episode, if you enjoyed it and you would like to pour back in as I pour into you, please, um, the cash app offering second passing of the cash, uh, the cash app offering bucket. Um, it is dollar sign Tay Chand, T-A-Y-C-H-A-N-D. It's in the show notes and, um, yeah, I mean, whatever's on your heart, maybe it's five, maybe it's 10, whatever feels, you know, whatever feels good to you. Yep. Um, aside from that, please, um, another good way of giving back, pouring back in is leaving a review, pressing those star, 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 stars. I had to say all five, um, and writing a bit of a review, like a, you know, a sentence or two. It's cool. Whatever's on your heart again, maybe it's long, maybe it's short. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next week. Oh, the, um, healing childhood workshop. Healing Childhood Workshop is on March 5th. The link is in my bio. Um, the link is going to close 24 hours before, so it'll close on March 4th, and you no longer be able to register. Um, it's March 5th. It's free, and it is about Healing Childhood. It starts at 11.30 a.m., and we go to 2 p.m. last 30 minutes is for questions. There's that, um, and a link for, uh, if you're interested in doing one-on-ones, that link is below as well. We do a 20-minute free consult call where I call you on the phone. There's no video. All right, that's it. Bye.